0: I can honestly tell you this is my first dram of McKenna. Oh, really? So cheers, cheers, guys. I appreciate you
1: pouring that for me. Yeah, cheers, boys. No cheers,
2: right.
0: cheers. Cheers,
2: guys. uh please come, Ian, up, come Chris. around. Guys. Yeah, let's uh, we can pass the microphones yeah, around. Yeah, we can pass the microphones. And figure set. this all out, but the McKenna 10 actually, pops um, oh, it right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, McKenna 10 is. A Bit special for Bob and I too because we actually met over this. Um, did you? Yeah, yeah. We uh, when I came here during whiskey week back in the like, 18 or 19, I think it was because it was February. Well, no, it would have been
3: April of 19. I think it was
2: no, no, and no. And no, it was 18. Okay, happy at 18. It was well, 18. Whatever, whatever mm-hmm. whiskey week it was, it was 18. Um, Ian, get over here. Um, we uh, I, I came in, I had I don't there ready for whiskey wash then i don't know what i was doing but anyway um we were just tasting whiskey and mckenna had just won best whiskey of the year i think that was 18 i think it was i don't know whatever but uh we were drinking it and it was one of the things we bonded over and you had just finished the bottle too i think we mm-hmm. killed it because matt brown came in that night too and we helped uh he helped us finish it yep. um so i knew you only had a couple of these left so it's very special i'm glad we can enjoy it once again yeah that's uh like i said it's, it's
3: over the course of the years it's still one of my favorite single barrels we've picked out personally um and again there's not they might be doing a little bit but there's not a lot of places that are getting henry McKenna uh single barrels
2: yeah
0: i've i mean jacob i know he he bought a bottle about maybe a month ago at leos was it at leos the microphone it no, it wasn't a yeah. star pick, but even then, I'm like, yeah. great. When I come over, I'm gonna be able to try it finally. It's only um, it's only had one
4: little pour out of
2: it, so plenty so left.
0: Yeah, this is this is this is good. No, but there's a Scotch-esque thing to it, though. Is it me, or is it there's something? I mean, maybe maybe underli- a side. Maybe underlying. I don't. I don't don't throw places I've never been at me. But, I mean, <laughs> I've never it's, been there either. You no, know, it's just, just... Neither have there's I. There's something <laughs> underneath. <laughs> Callum and I were planning a romantic getaway. It's a
2: coastal breeze, sort of speak. Oh, a, it's that minty flavor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a spearmint, for sure. That's, oh, what, yeah. that's what
3: makes it stand out. A little bit of mintiness. It almost, it almost can kind of read a little bit briny.
0: Yeah. This is, this is amazing.
2: I'm glad you're impressed by it. I am very impressed by it. You've never had it, huh? I've never had this. No. Having, having a barrel pick from 2000... Thirteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A
3: good <laughs> and a start. single barrel, we which is out. unheard
0: of, I guess. Apparently.
2: Yeah, yeah. We put down uh, two yeah. la- so That's the second the the full last full bottle full ten, of left. Full ten, full
3: ten year bond.
2: And the one thing that was really, it's really pleasurable coming here during Whisky Week is that you put all of your, um, your barrel picks onto one menu, yeah. and then you mm-hmm. have very, very, very fair pricing when it comes to trying these barrel it's picks. So you can $10. have yeah, like I think I'd, I, think I still charge ten dollars for a two ounce oh. four.
4: Oh, ah! Bob. Bob,
3: my,
2: start my, a tab.
0: I'm
3: really glad that my brother <laughs> started a a tab. Really, it's a really good thing that my <laughs> brother doesn't listen come. to podcasts. Otherwise, I might be fired. I always uh, wonder, Does Aaron <laughs> ever listen to these podcasts? Uh, no, I don't start think so. A but tab, uh, bro. yeah, uh, again, I, I don't believe in gouging just to gouge. It's not. Fuck yeah. it, that is not something that I, uh, I believe in, and then and, that, and that I'll do. And even in you know, even in these times now, certainly there's lot of other factors going in right now, where we might have to raise some prices just to yeah. accommodate uh, the loss of of capacity, revenue, everything else. But I don't believe in just raising prices just because.
5: You can't.
3: Just because you can. Yeah, it's just C- not, not
2: something you, that I. How much kind of do you drink or had in the past? Uh, I, have two.
5: I have two bottles, I think, yeah, at home of, of it. Um, were they purchased here in Illinois or elsewhere? They were purchased here in Illinois, yeah. Okay. It's not easy to find, and of course the pricing has changed on it like considerably over the past couple of years. I think the first one I bought was like $36, yep. and now if you walk into Benny's, who's selling it for you know uh, MSRP now, I think it's like 58 hmm. or something around there. If you there, can find it. Off. If you can even find it, and yeah, and you know... They so play m- games so. MSRP is fifty eight dollars. I'm not. Don't quote me. On oh, okay. That. I
0: because you mentioned paying
5: three. Yeah, Because well, Kush was charging it that
2: day for forty five.
5: So that was a very good price. Yeah. Um, Compared. Yeah, I think. I, I, I don't the, know if it was that. The first that bottle I bought was probably two years ago, and I bought it for like thirty six dollars. Okay. I okay. want to say that the last sense. time I saw it at like a binny's it was around just under 60.
2: was okay. it on the shelf like not in one the?
5: so they were doing the thing where they put it out on the table and it's like yeah, limit one it's which they don't do anymore but yeah right um i believe it was like just under 60 at that t- time and that was like maybe six months ago okay
0: ian you're in re- on the retail side as well um ladies and gentlemen this is uh ian stewart phenomenal yes. individual um oversees the bookseller in geneva and in glen ellen um, he's immediately become a supporter of brands of ours, uh, individual and friends of ours, and of course now
2: the podcast. He's been a hard get too on the podcast. I've been, been asking him for a long. <laughs> yeah. time. Well, he's getting married. That's true. Six days in six uh, days. Yeah, look, ready, look at that. Next Saturday. Yeah, congratulations, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Thanks for showing up. Yeah. Cheers. We don't have a lot of friends, so <laughs> we have to bring good whiskey and, out and good beer out to have friends you know, come hang I out. I always with buy us.
0: my love. That's why I'm a good uncle.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, Ian and I met um, through uh, Scotch-Malt Whiskey Society mm. about a, a little over a year ago or so. Yeah, probably yeah. Oh, probably a
6: year and a half. So yeah, like yeah,
2: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Right when I started with Star Wars, actually. Yeah, um, I mean,
6: maybe just before, actually. Perhaps. I mean, I'm trying to think, I don't
2: know. Yeah, it might have been. Um, no, because I think I got into the club because my boss said he oh, okay. you, you joined the club. I'm like, uh, are you paying for it? <laughs> <laughs> Because I would love to be in that club, but um, yeah. So thanks, Dave. Um, uh, not only
0: that, but then Jacob uh, introduced uh, several of us to you in regards to our brands as well. So yeah, at whiskey around the
2: world, world it yeah. was a nice introduction. Yeah, yeah, it was a which awesome we are doing another one with women women who whiskey on October fifth. Uh, um, there'll be myself, one of the co-hosts here, and that can't be said. <laughs> and, uh, rabbit hole. And Sonoma as well. So Jamie Duffy is going to be pouring for so Sonoma. Awesome. So a little more friends and having another whiskey around the world. But you have to be a lady and belong to women who whiskey to come. So for Fabulous. all the ladies out there, it's a great, great, great group to join. Um, I can't. Uh, I, I would. I can't hold them up in stature enough. It's uh, Kelly and Erica run a great yeah, chapter here in Chicago. Solid right chapter. Yeah. But. Back to Ian, I guess. Yeah, so sorry about that. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually interrupted you. No, so, no, 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 no yeah. but
0: you did it right because it's in regards to
6: introducing Ian. And so. who he is. And who he is. So yeah. Absolutely yeah, so uh, I was brought on as a spirits buyer for the uh, beer seller out in Geneva and Glen Ellen. And, uh, you know, it's it's just been like a slow, steady build of uh, trying to get integrity brands in, that mm. you know, tell a story and, and put out good juice. I yeah. mean, that's... Uh, you know, Dave Holly, the owner, has been great about, you know, letting me be a big-time gatekeeper and make sure that only, you know, the brands that are... It's been a slow build, but, I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that I'm proud to uh, yeah. be a part of, for sure. Quality
0: nice. over quantity, brother. Right. For sure, 100%. Right. Less is more.
2: A, I mean, it's literally called Beer Cellar, so I think people yeah, come yeah. there to buy a beer, that whiskey's probably your uh, second option or may not... On the front of your mind, yeah, for
6: sure. And it's it's been growing though. There, we've been getting a lot of people in, and I've been talking to a lot of great people there who are uh, they've kind of been waiting for something like that. Is, I mean, there's there's some great places out there in the in the far western burbs, yeah. uh, and you know now they have a an off premise place to go to. I mean, there's a lot of great on premise. It's true. It's yeah. very true. Hey,
0: so in regard when you buy um we were talking about the price of mckenna um that chris was talking about like three years ago was so much three years later so much i believe um, it was
2: 26.99 four years ago Was it? Mm-hmm. i mean yeah, it's
0: just you know how how do you as buying for a beer store for primary primarily how do you how do you measure like what will beer buyers spend because right now the average cost of what a four pack of 16 ounce beers is what 14 15
6: dollars yeah on average probably yeah it's uh i I think right now the hardest part is just figuring out um what the what the beer buyers like i mean um, and, and then try and educate them based on that into what they will like in the future you know i mean Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of curious people and that's what's great about that place is yeah you know it just breeds curiosity so whiskey is not a far cry you know from beer and it's it's uh you know just another step yeah just another step from there
0: well i and i also love the proximity to where people come from from already having drinks beers yes food and they can just walk not even what not even three minutes from yeah. um, downtown Glen Ellen. Yeah, I mean, common good niche. Yeah, um, these yeah. places
6: are just right around the block from yeah. us at either and location. I'm gonna uh, go
0: buy some of this. Yeah, yeah, I love it.
6: Yeah, So it's, uh, it's it's been great, and I mean, the community's been super supportive of it. Uh, getting more people in with spirits. I'm pretty excited about some, uh, you know, a couple of the Union Horse uh, ones that we've <laughs> talked about. So. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We're excited. Okay. As I'm gonna, well. I'm gonna, I'm a rookie at this. Uh, You've, been a podcast, you general. General. You've been on podcast. You've been on a podcast before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You that, do the zooms we'll do. too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what
2: What was your gateway into whiskey?
6: Uh, you know, I, I, I whiskey's like just been ever present in in my life. Um, you know, just probably like everyone else. You know, I snuck snuck some whiskey from dad's cabinet you know when I was uh, when I was my dad wasn't a whiskey drinker so it turned out it was the bottle my grandpa gave him when he and my mom got married it was Beam, <laughs> by the way uh, oh, nice. All right. and nice. uh you know it just sat there for years I, I actually asked him a year ago hey do you still have, was you still it, have that bottle
2: was it a decanter uh no
6: no, no. it was yeah, a, a uh, it was just a just a 175 you nice. know of, of white shit. label uh but it was probably you 100. know I, I don't even know that I'll have to harder at the year and i'm like you still got that my dad's like oh yeah you know probably i, I don't know i've never drank it it was literally at the level i left it at when i was probably like 15 no. years wow. old. yeah so that's, that's crazy uh, so now it's got a front and center place in my bar downstairs so that's beautiful
2: awesome. yeah what was the beam you brought to delilah's that one night
6: it was a um it was, uh, it was a decanter bottling. It was distilled in 60, Booker's first year as master distiller at Beam. That's right. Um, bottled in 69, I think.
4: Yeah, I think um, that's right, yeah.
6: But yeah, it was... It's fantastic. Was it was so, you, it was, was so That nutty. the parrot that, that you shared with that me. That was the then? one I brought on Oh, no nice. Yeah. Man. It's really good, huh? That was stellar. Solid. I think Jake nailed actually nailed the tasting note the best on it. It's that candied almond. Mm. Uh, I after you said that that's all yes. I can all I can taste Dirted now almonds. I
2: was going to bring my 1988 presidential election beam de- uh, decanter that is a, in the shape of a donkey playing a drum. <laughs> <laughs> but I forgot. Jackass. <laughs> so we can all drink that some other time.
0: <laughs> Episode 101. <laughs> but no, go ahead. I was, uh, well, I was going um, to bring Samu um, into this conversation because I, I can't help but stop thinking about how you came into the beer cellar and become their... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I talk with my hands. i Puerto Rican. No. Sorry. Hey, and just watch the wires. Sorry. And... You are playing to a palate that is beer forward, obviously, which is why I, I asked someone earlier. I was like, man, why are you not selling whiskey along with beer? Maybe not a shit ton of spirit or, or whiskey or, or spirits in general. But I think if you come with a package, say, hey, we got these things and this, you know, call it category, if it's a port or whatever, that... Fucking or what Jake loves—the boiler maker type. Well, you know. I, I tried initially before
2: even yeah. even Ian even got there. That was oh, my, se- my that was my dude. selling point into there. That's how Twofold got there.
4: Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh. Well, fuck me. That's
7: <laughs> <laughs> a love very it. relevant question. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, yeah, right. certainly. And I think it's becoming easier as beer is entering a more premium space, and that's one of the other things that I think facilitates the transfer of beer consumers to be whiskey consumers. So mm-hmm. you were t- you mentioned four pack, 16 ounce cans, $14, yeah. $15. Hopefully not too many are. of the mainstay beers are in that position at this point, but there are so many of these hazy IPAs, barrel-aged offerings, all these different things that people mm-hmm. are releasing that are even more than that, where it's at the point where uh, some of the most popular beers are at least 14. And at that point, if you're spending that on something that you'll have in a night maybe with mm-hmm. a friend, the notion of spending $50 on a single bottle of spirits, is not very much Um, it's just a matter then of talking to the right people also too because often the spirits buyers are not necessarily the beer buyers which is you were describing that there's this sort of bifurcation of these these category sets so if you're trying to do both of those things it potentially makes you less effective at both Um, unless you're part of a smaller more targeted set that is more uh, uniquely tailored towards these specialty offerings, Yes. Um, but there are not yet enough places that are akin to what you're describing about what beer sellers uh, expanding its set or places um, like the Fountainhead Market that curate a very keen selection of beers and are also the place you can go to get these really unique um, uh, single barrel selections. Um, often these are totally different houses or totally different um, establishments. Sure. So the relationships that you develop as either a beer or a spirits person translate mostly through that specific channel.
0: Understood. Understood.
7: Makes it harder, but it does make it impossible. Personally, <laughs> yeah. I would love I to be dealing more with that myself.
2: I think so you I just to feel risky
0: with your bear, though.
7: Sure. Yeah, there's no reason not to. I think that there's so much. Opportunity to feed these worlds into one another, and yeah. I also just enjoy consuming it. Yeah. yeah. So to have more excuses to do yeah. that. So
2: why do you think that, as we talk, spoke earlier when you're on about the relationship between a brewery beginning a distillery, that cohesiveness doesn't
7: always match up? Mm. Why doesn't it match up? Yeah. On the on the producer side, or the I dis- guess the quality maybe
2: a great beer, and then oh. you know a so-so whiskey.
7: Uh, maybe this.
4: hmm
7: uh, or is that my, not, not my relatable? Knee-jerk, my knee-jerk reaction is that a lot of people who are working in spirits have had either a generational mm. development or uh, perhaps a longer kind of focus. Whereas many people that I encounter in beer, whether it's on the side where I am or wherever else, kind of tumbled into it somehow. <laughs> now, not to say that they're any less committed or any less of an expert or mm. any less invested in doing it at a truly world-class level. Uh, because I do think that the skill sets that are involved in any of these categories, whether it's beer spirits or wine, what have you, uh, there's just so much to learn and continue to learn in each of them. But yeah, uh, beer seems to have just, as I was actually mentioning before this podcast started, lower barriers to entry across the board as a consumer, as a producer, um, as a participant. And um, the way that the spirits world is built seems to just reward that longer term kind of focus until you get into sort of the beer mindset where it is like that mixed culture question that we were talking yes. about later. You produce a beer, great, come back in 18 months and then start blending it. Um, and this also is a bit more of an American perspective too whereas um, the the beer culture that exists in Germany, Belgium, England, uh, those countries specifically as well as some of the ancillary elements of um, German speaking countries and Austria, what have you, uh, they have a very long tenured uh, look at um, at why they make what they make and how they make it. And specifically within the Germanic countries, they frequently do also have spirit production, mm-hmm. and those tend to be pretty good. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If long story short, uh, short story long, um, <laughs> yeah, it just might be that might be the, the mind. Land the proceeded. fucking plane, man. Yes, there it is yeah. coming uh,
2: from us too. Time, it's just yeah, time. Shit,
0: right? <laughs> time is true, but I, I just feel that there's just. When it com- br- coming back to Ian, I think gems for us, for brands like Jake and I's, and and for those and uh, and Chris who hunts, kind of, um, not really, but he always finds great places to find um, spirits. I think the method uh, that they go about in in educating their their clientele is what's 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 key. There's a lot of hand selling involved, mm. where there isn't at your more prominence, you know liquor stores big boxers whatever you want to call them you know anything that has more than five locations you're lucky if you get this you get <laughs> sold something by the same guy twice and then and the four or the three month period or anyone doesn't come
2: in a casual manner as they yeah. walk by you can yeah. I help you with
0: anything but see and that's the thing because i remember uh, Ian, i mean not to put you on the spot one of the things that he's Do he it. literally said was like hey if you can come out to glen ellen before i bring on your product which I'm already committed to, the best way for me to hand sell it is to, for me to truly buy and we can talk about it, because that would I mean hand selling is key, you know, for us as right. brands of that yeah. nature. Well, well yeah, thanks for the
2: invite, <laughs> by the way.
6: Yeah. You're welcome. Sorry.
0: Did you not get my message? No, I no. missed it. Oh,
6: <laughs> Smoke fire. Yeah, the uh, I mean, especially you know, and, and again, my my mind is further further out west where um, there isn't as deep of a whiskey culture really um you know that it's it's a hand sell place I mean Mm -hmm. I I need to put these things in people's hands otherwise you know they're just gonna keep defaulting to you know the same things And there are some some groups out there some you know Mm -hmm. folks who are kind of gathering together and it's it's becoming more of a thing I think than it Mm -hmm. was a few years ago um but yeah hand sell is key I mean. You know, I'm not there. I'm not even there as much as I would like to be. But, um, man, when when you can go and just put a new bourbon yeah. or, or rye or scotch or whatever in someone's hand and uh, you know have them come back the next time and say, oh my god, yeah. I've never had anything like that. That was amazing. I mean, it's just so awesome. It's such a cool feeling. What that. if
7: their default pick is a good one though?
6: I mean, but it's the same. Default. I 100 percent think that some of the most available whiskeys are also. Just amazing. I mean, that's it's true. It's uh, a very good point. You
7: yeah, were talking the overproof, yeah. or talking the rye for cocktails, and the first thing that came to my mind was Rittenhouse. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah. does. Yeah. I was gonna say that. Price but I'm point like, availability, yeah. all the rest of it. If you do a pinhook yeah. rye, Sazerac, how expensive is that going to be? Right. Because like. Um, right. Because I. I, I um, what's yeah.
2: the uh, what was the rye that was inside the Blue Label, a pinhook? That the
7: That's the right rye. Here. Here. Okay.
2: I had that at a bar when it first came out. I. It's one of the few bars I've seen it at too. Um, just because of recent situations that happened, COVID, and <laughs> they charged me $19 for a pour of it. Jesus. And it's a, it's a quarter of, a cost. A quarter of the cost
0: at, yeah, at most. At most, right. yeah. Right. 40, 50. Right. Yeah. I don't right.
7: mean to diminish the point of putting something new in somebody else's hands because so often the default is not great. And even if your default is great, I think one of the things that we're all in this for is experiencing something new, learning, learning. Right. Uh, and if you can be that educator, then... So much the better, but I guess the question is, if somebody does have that great default, something that you respect, that's of quality, mm-hmm. or it's also even if you don't like it, just really expensive and is sort of bringing in money to the establishment, how do you then balance how frequently you do want to try to push them towards something new?
1: So I, th- I think there's a great point in there about um, about liquor stores and about
2: um, no, no, we know, lost our light about
1: us in general it's as okay. educators you know, and whatever it guys. might be. <laughs> I think that. Oftentimes as people on this side of the industry, it's so easy to get bogged down in the f- the the minority, right? That ni- so say you own a liquor store, the majority of people come in there, they know what they want like before they go in there, and a lot of them a lot of them aren't that open. Like if, if I go into Benny's and you see someone in the Scotch aisle, a lot of the time they'll walk up to the Scotch Isle, they'll they'll literally maybe take two or three seconds looking at the bottles because all they're doing is looking for the one that they want. However, however, when it does come, you know, if that default, that person's default, the reason that they're buying scotch and the reason that they're buying what they're buying is comfort, and it's brand loyalty, and they know what they're getting, they've drank it for... Because Jake and I were talking about this, this last night. When we were students, the whiskey, the only whiskey that I ever drank was Jameson's. Do you know what I mean? I, I never... I, w- I went in there, and I was like, I know it's good. I, all my friends know that it's good. It's a label that people know. So that's what I'm going to buy. I was a proud American. I mean, I drink Jack Daniels, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and so those people, yeah. But I think the people that the people that do have a default but you know, I mean this is maybe, you can speak a lot better to this than me, but maybe that's 5% or 10% of the people that come in there and pick up, a, whether it's a can of beer, a, p- a crate of beer, or, or a bottle of scotch or whatever, and that those people um, where they kind of hesitate and you can see it, mm. or, or, or maybe, and sometimes you get those people, you know that just start that conversation with you. Those are the people that if you, even if you, not if you, I don't want to say push them, but if you give them the option, Sense the opening. If, yeah, if you if you give them the option um, to to experiment and do something a little bit different, that's the person that comes in the next week and goes, "Fucking hell, man! That bottle of um, that bottle of Rittenhouse Rye that I made a cocktail with last week, I loved it." Like, if you've got anything else, and then you start talking about your Pin Hooks or your Union Horse or whatever it is, those are the people that you can really start to. And I think that those are the kind of people that, are in, even in, as a beer drinker, that's the same person that. You know they go in and they're looking for something new and then you can be that's when you really the educating the education side of it comes out rather than the sales side you know well, um
6: and i sorry i i think that's part of building a culture too i mean that's that's what i've you know noticed from this is that at first it was like pulling teeth you know no yeah. one people come in they you know they're looking for the same old same old Y'all got any of that Blanton's? We do. Um, we do. And <laughs> that's, it's, you know. Bob, bring the uh, Blanton's. It, it really, it, it, comes, it comes down to building a culture at smaller places like that. And then the, those, you know, as people come back, meet more people, I mean, it's just, it's a nice little home. It reminds me a lot, you know, I, I went to school for a, a while over in England and, uh, you know, the local pub. I mean, it's that kind of attitude where people want to come and experience things together and, and mm-hmm. find new things, and not, you know, just, just because it's new doesn't necessarily, I'm, I'm 100% with you, Samu, on that. I mean, that's, there's some stalwarts there, and I think that it would be, you know, t- to tell those people, oh, well, you know, that's all right, but you got to try, so, I mean, that's that's doing a disservice to but it. But I also feel that that's, maybe this is an inappropriate word to use, but ageism comes into
0: place as well, where if you're, if a 50-year-old, 60-year-old, 70-year-old comes in is like, listen... Where's my bottle of fucking Blanton's Since right. you mentioned it why well, w- I've been drinking it for the last 40 years I get that mm-hmm. I respect that a lot much more Than someone is like Go get Blends. You'll love it Without even fucking talking about it properly Or even educating them on it So
2: that's where I agree 100% you know what But well, stores like a beer seller And the Fountainhead Market What you can do is have Those bottles you see on the shelf at Binnie's But oh. someone actually talk to you personally yes. about that Yes. That's, that's the attention not, not, not saying they don't there Because yeah. they do um, yeah. it's just a matter of who's working that day in yeah. the aisle and how if, are they loading in cases how many people are there Are you? Are you, do they think you're just kind of standing in between the heaven hill the beam you know sections where you're like you're waiting for me to come over so you can ask hey do you have well or hey do you now I mean even with bookers it's not there it's yeah. just not there anymore so yeah
0: but it goes back to that hand selling and that, that independent store that is so uh vital in these smaller pockets of communities, whiskey communities, uh, societies, and so on and so forth. And as you mentioned, with Bob and the Fountainhead Market, there's not a lot in there. But he knows everything that is, and everything, uh, and his staff
6: does as well. It's a curated selection, well, and said, that's yes. That's but the problem is, the problem, the problem is, you word, ha- man, the
2: problem is if you have a curated selection that without anybody yeah. there to actually talk about those brands, which yes. we, we we are in those stores, we all three of us that represent brands, four of us that represent brands are in stores. I can't speak for beer, but I can speak for whiskey because most of those stores started out as beer stores, the craft beer stores, where and then they evolved into whiskey, they evolved into wine, where they have these. Fucking great selection on the shelf, but no one can talk to it. If they can, it's just simple, easy points.
3: And it's surprising of how many people um, that will come in. Sorry, uh, how many people that will come in that would even? I've had somebody recently came to the bar who's they're trying to hunt down a bottle of Eagle Rare. Oh, oh! They can't find Eagle Rare anywhere, and they're like, it's almost like it's like Blantons now.
4: (laughs) It's true. (laughs)
3: But they don't. But they they. But they don't. They don't. They those two brands are completely are completely separate, and and they're not, they're not as that they're not educated to know they can't fill some place. Why those brands are like that now? And so there. And, and 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 honestly, some of that's in marketing. In doing, in, well, yeah. And and some of that in terms of like training the staff and and oh, learning right. about bourbon that I Got that you. I did that I did that I do love is just learning about. The distilleries themselves and, and the... That and we the, talked
2: about in episode 99 of the podcast. And yes, we did talk about
3: that. So it's kind of going back to that. But anyways, it's just... No, it's you're a great point. Like, Does, do you there, There's a lot of people that, that I, do. They, they come, mean, do they come and ask you for a brand a lot of times because they, because they can't
2: find they it. They hear assholes like us talking about it on the internet.
3: God well, damn it. Well,
1: I, you know, I think there's really something to be said as well that now... As even older people that you know, M- Wilson was mentioning people in their fifties, sixties, and seventies. There.
2: God bless you, mom and dad.
1: God bless you, Leslie O'Donnell and Michael O'Donnell. Um, and Bruce Hookie and Julia. <laughs> but there's really something to be said now about the education of the average consumer. You know, my boss was talking about. So in, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but Aberlours on ours, uh, this podcast. Yeah, of course. Okay. Is, I'm I'm a I'm a faithful guy. Monogamy <laughs> um, in my podcast selection, and. Um, for us, as a brand, we we have we sell about ninety five percent of Aberlour is in off premise, so five percent of our brand is sold in bars, in in restaurants, right, nightclubs. But I don't think there's any sold in nightclubs really. Unless, unless it's me and bottled blonde one night. I'm like, can I get some of that Amber back clo- on? They're close. Um, and he's like, sorry, what? <laughs> um, they're the close. one in they're Texas. Cl- the one in Texas. Oh, that's right. The one right. in Texas. Yeah, yeah which I'll, I've never been to, but we're going to go and we're going to all order Amber All right. Can um, you road trip to Texas? <laughs> and so, but what's happening, like he worked for Balvenie for a long time and a lot of the people that are in Scotch, you know, they used to talk about how for a while, you know, the smaller brands in Scotch were like 99.5% in the off-premise, you mm-hmm. know. But now, and this is something that I think is really ha- starting to happen in Bourbon. Obviously, for all of us, we've always been in the industry, so we've always thought it's this way because we're around it and we're surrounded by it. It's top of mind all the time. But as people get uh, more clued in with things like Instagram, like my mum and dad use Instagram now, you know, and two years ago they they had no idea what what it did. And now they're starting to learn about the things that they like, the products that they like, yeah. right? Now that's the same thing for a bourbon drinker. A bourbon drinker, like people that we saw on on the live tonight, you know, bourbon librarian, just add whiskey. All of these guys, um, with the with the with the reckoning of the internet, they're gonna get more and more and more educated. And I think, like you say, and this is why that that point that you made about culture I think is so important, about giving people the freedom to come to a bar and be like, do you know what? Yeah, I am gonna experiment. Or go, or be in an off-premise and be like, do you know what, I've been ordering, I've I've been buying bullet bourbon for 30 years, Mm. you know? And I do want to try something different, and that's the point where education of your staff, education of us, it just is so important to take advantage of that. Where I, mean? I
2: think that, like COVID, has given us the opportunity where stores and retail shops and bars can put themselves online and come and say, "We're going to educate you about it," instead of listening to people who are, um, I don't know, not, I don't, know, not part of the industry or whatever it might be. It's like you can go online and have an educational class for ten minutes on Instagram Live and talk about it. And say, hey, this is what we have in the shop. This is what's really good. This is what's local. This is what's uh, a great, a great buy for a bourbon. This is a great buy for a scotch. And actually educate people directly through the internet.
6: Mm-hmm. Well, and and I don't know, I don't know if uh, Bob's had the same sort of experience. He has not. <laughs> when, uh, you know, I, I think that in talking to customers, there is there is an intimidation factor with whiskey, mm-hmm. um, where people just feel like it is. You know they're almost being excluded it's uh you know they're almost afraid to ask questions because they think they're going to sound stupid or and and i think that's just the most awful thing like i I hate it when i hear that because um whiskey should be anything but exclusive like it Mm. should bring people together people Mm -hmm. should be comfortable to ask any questions and that's you know part of the culture thing is to to create a culture where people don't feel stupid when they ask you know anything anything about whiskey nothing is terribly logical about whiskey so i mean any question is fair game yeah i I mean
0: being it's purely subjective obviously but uh, what i'm really curious to know is like we've been talking about how we uh educate from a brand perspective from a uh, retail perspective from a on-premise perspective how do individuals outside of that in their Proper societies with one another, and Chris, I'm directing this more to you. How do you each of you educate one another in regards to? Hey, I know you love this. Check this. I mean, you do a good job with 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 what you do on social media, but when you are one to ones, five on fives, or whatever the fuck, how do you guys educate each other? You know, how do you educate someone else that maybe you bump into the aisle at the store and, and so on and so forth? Uh,
5: it, I I think it's just. Basically, through for me personally, it's just through experience and what I've tasted, and and so if someone and, and this has actually happened to me at at the liquor stores, I've been in the aisle browsing, and someone will come up and they'll be like, "Well, what do you like?" And I don't know why they're asking me, but I'll, I you know then I start pointing them in, or I'll ask a question like, "Do you drink whiskey?" And if you do, like, what do you like? And then I just try to make a connection to something that might be similar to mm. what that person says okay. um, but kind of like what Ian was saying about people being they, they feel like they're sort of shut out of whiskey because they're intimidated I've had people so many times say to me like how do you how do you come up with all these tasting notes etc cetera, etc cetera? and I feel like that like those types of things do turn people off when they hear like me say like i taste this i taste that yeah but i tell them i'm seriously just saying what i taste Mm -hmm. i am not like trying to be like i'm not trying to pull these crazy you know notes that are like sweet buttered this and that like i'm referencing things from my taste memory and mostly for me it's candy yeah and so, like a lot of my notes go back, go back to that. And but I do think that intimidates people. So I tell people when you're tasting, just say what you taste, and that's what you taste. No one can tell you that you're not tasting that or smelling that. So just just approach it that way. Mm. I'm no, smelling. I'm smelling
7: this. That's exactly. That's 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 a very relevant point that people feel that there's an, a need to turning this microphone around there here. We there go. we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Sweet spot. But there's a. Uh, got it. All right. Yeah. Cardio. Huh. Ah, see that? Yeah. yeah right. Check. That uh, there's a need to be. <laughs> correct in everything that they say. Uh, whether it's an intimidation factor about asking questions because they don't want to sound stupid or because they w- don't want to say that they're tasting something that they're not supposed to be tasting. Um, it then behooves all of us to be not only educators, but inviters mm. into that space. And uh, and one of the things that I try to do is uh, emphasize the, the point that where free association is a relevant guide. And you can use that as a way to teach yourself, but also then other people. Since uh, you said Vegemite, uh, and you said mar- you said I Marmite, Vegemite, you yeah. said Vegemite, and these key into similar ideas, and then as the, the power can then be educated through both what you're tasting but also then how you're saying it right it's two different elements about how your tongue is supposed to work what it tastes and then
1: actually what well, it articulates for me when i so i I, st- I got into the whiskey business if you like four years ago um when i started this job right but i'd always been in and around whiskey like my one of my earliest memories is standing in my auntie's um my auntie's house her flat in south queensferry which is on the fourth in, in scotland queensferry. so it's where they it's where they it's where they made vat 69 um, exactly. And so so I remember standing in the in the corridor of our house and I had toothache and I must have been four or five and they were like, well, there's only one way to get rid of toothache and it's, you take a shot of whiskey and then, uh, you know, uh, you're five years old. So you'd have like a good, a good swig of whiskey. And I remember putting it in my mouth and thinking, you know, because my mum was like, oh, that'll make him sick. That'll make him sick. I remember putting it in my mouth and thinking, do you know what? It's not going to make me sick. I, I I kind of dig this you know and um, and obviously I mean it wasn't a shot a real shot but it was like a little swig of it right and it definitely got rid of my toothache Um, but you know one thing that I like to say to people is rather than because this often happens I think the tasting thing is so big and people get so lost in it and they look at the tasting notes and they think oh my god so that has lavender in it or it has xyz in it or that's the flavor that I'm gonna get no 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 I like when I'm doing my tastings, I like to just talk about two things at a time or three things at a time. You know, is this creamy? Is it sweet? Is it is it citrusy? Is it like is it does it taste like maybe like an orchard fruit, like a a green pear or a green apple, or maybe it's maybe it's like a lime or a lemon? Is it that kind of or is it tart? You know, and talk through the, the kind of basics of it and then from there start to delve deeper because you're totally right. Once you do that, once you say, Is this sweet? and someone says it is sweet. And you say, okay, well, is it like a mm. is it like a candy sweet, or you know? And once you start to go, or is it like a creamy sweet? Once people start to go down those roads, it's almost like a top down method, right? And once they start to go into that, then you can see people's people's kind of knowledge starting to say, oh, actually, I get banana or mm. pineapple, and you're like, well, there you go. That that's that's what we get, you know. And obviously, like for us, we know what is banana thinks amyl butyrate or something, right? Is the and and you know smokiness is phenolic Iso- acid. I acetate. Is yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that that's that's <laughs> why I'm <laughs> looking at you, Samu. <laughs> I'm a butyrate's pineapple. Then uh, anyway, the, the, yeah, whatever the, the,
3: you, the, what?
2: the yeast strain produces that.
1: So so th- that there food. are there are obviously like chemicals behind all that you know.
2: And yeah, and that that interaction you're having with people and saying that. It's so lost on the Internet when you're doing it. Oh, yeah, Zoom. that's so you know, true. It's, yeah. it's it's so hard to say, like, what are you tasting because there's a delay response because people are a little apprehensive to actual talk when they're in a, a Zoom cast or whatever you would call it with 20 people. And like do I talk now? Do I wait? Do I, am I muted? Am I not muted? And it's so lost upon us as ambassadors of whiskey. Well,
6: th- This was something like you guys absolutely, you know, Nailed all of that because tasting notes are such a scourge to me. Why are doing
2: 100 episodes, <laughs> baby?
6: <laughs> I mean, so many people when they see those tasting notes, they're just like, "All right, I'm out." Like, right. I There's, I, I've got, I've got caramel. I've got a little
1: bit of vanilla guy light. comes in and he's like what do i gotta do to get drunk around higher and you're like come on man just buy buy the bottle of Sparnoff, off you'll um, be fine
2: alan clark is going to deport you now for that
6: <laughs> no but i, I mean I've, I've been doing a whiskey zoom since quarantine started basically with just some of my friends around the world and they were all whiskey novices and that was the biggest barrier to get over mm. was what do you taste well i don't know what i taste i I don't, I don't know what I taste. I don't taste enough whiskey. No, but you taste food. You've tasted food your whole life. What do you taste? I mean, what's it remind you of? And, you know, it, it just took, them, took everyone so long to get comfortable knowing that they don't know a lot about spirits or whiskey in general um, to be able to be comfortable expressing what they actually taste in it, and that was... Uh, you know, I, I, I just, once that happened, they were hooked. They were yeah, in the rabbit hole. The that's part. why
7: there are still all these delivery trucks going around saying it's smooth. But that is the preeminent descriptive True, factor. that's a great point. I mean, it's not a flavor element. It has virtually nothing to do with how something tastes. Yeah. But it is just something that people feel comfortable saying. Here's the question then. Mm. Why do people feel that discomfort discussing alcohol when they don't feel that discomfort discussing food? We've all seen the infinity of Yelp reviews going on and on and on about the way that the fries were prepared or the temperature of the burger or whatever it is. But when it comes to the nature of how they react to, whether it's beer, whiskey, wine, spirits, whatever it is, uh, there's much more reticence to actually comment on flavor and character.
2: I think that has to do with what you see up front when you walk into a restaurant or bar. The menu is placed in front of you with food. It always has been and it always will be. Where the bar, on the back bar, you have scotch, you have bourbon, you have all these bottles that are like, well, my grandpa drank that, my dad drank that. <laughs> somebody, somebody older than me drank that. I saw that presence in the house, but I never experienced it for myself. But I've always gone to a restaurant and ordered a burger. I've always gone to a restaurant and ordered steak or a chicken and soup. Um, it's not that off-putting experience. I have, I have it right in front of me. We have notes on the menu saying, here's the vegetables inside of here. Here's what the ingredients are. I can find something that I like, but you can't do that on a whiskey list when you have 900 bottles. I, yeah, just, well, I, I think we just t- well, stopped it we, well, there. Well,
3: I mean, uh, in terms of a little bit, at least in terms of flavor profiles, we do actually do that with our menu.
2: I know you do, Bob, but, God, but everybody uh, else uh, doesn't do no, it. <laughs>
3: uh, and that is just more of a, of a general guide. It is, not yeah. a, it is not a hard and fast rule because, to a certain degree, flavor profiles are subjective. Again, that doesn't mean that if I taste an apple hour 12-year, then I'm like, this is real peaty. You know, that's not, that's not a, you know. No, it's
1: not right. It's not, right. It's, it's not right. right.
3: it's just not right. But in general, a lot of those, a lot of those ratings are, are just meant as a guideline in terms of what people like to drink, uh, what their flavor profiles are, and then what we can maybe
2: get them into right. from there. Apparently, uh, we also, I, I, as ambassadors, I, aren't doing a good enough job getting out there talking about the whiskeys, too. I mean, it's I blame us. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think part of that
3: is maybe just also just more of people's experience with food in general uh, than alcohol um, as a more of a problem with us at home and cooking or anything else to Samu's point in terms of why people are, are so quick to snap judge a place based on how how a Brussels sprout salad might taste compared to how whiskey the order might taste um, I think a little bit has something to do with with that they are not they haven't spent as much of time with mm. with that spirit right. or with that alcohol so they're not they're not as apt to, uh, criticize. to yeah to criticize right. even like
2: we were talking the other night on that not. zoom call was the difference between Lefroig 10 and Lefroud 10-year cast strength like there's a you don't notice that diff- that small, subtle difference on the label right there.
6: Yeah, and it's, you know, it translates into a wild difference.
2: I've bombarded uh, Ian's whiskey Zoom calls, by the way. Yeah,
6: so. yeah. Uh, that's, hey, always, you know, everyone's welcome. If, <laughs> if you guys are free on Thursday nights and you want to hop on a, an international Zoom call with random folks talking yes. random stuff, it's just a lot of fun. Um, lot, but, but, yeah. A lot of soccer talk. A lot of soccer talk, actually, um, yeah. You but mean what football, talk. Football, football talk? Football talk, yeah, sorry, they proper. They're going to be mad
4: at me. But,
2: um, also, before we, I mean, we can diverge into a different uh, subject, too, because we are having something very delicious in our glass right now, Ian, <laughs> that you brought us.
6: Yeah, uh, this is just a bottle I've had, you know, laying around for quite a while. It's a 10-year-old um, ten year, uh, year uh, Balachan signatory bottling, uh, full-age in Madeira casks, absolutely uh, one that just, I mean, every time. It just hits me in a great place.
1: Even on the nose, it blows <laughs>
2: your socks yeah. off. It's yeah. so strong, the nose. It's great. But it's sweet enough where it's very pleasant at the end. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's not too smoky, you know, overly smoky. And it's yeah. up there, it's like 120 proof or 119 proof, right? Yeah,
6: yeah. It's What's the proof? Clocking in at 59.3, huh. so it's... Uh, great, uh, yeah. 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 You're a it's good. Up it's, there. Up there. Yeah, 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 it's up, there. Yeah, it's up there. there. yeah, yeah. We're getting there. You're just um, under 120. <laughs> it, it, it can take water like a champ. Too a couple of drops of water really brings out some of the sweetness and kind of uh, subdues even more a little bit more of the peat, but it um, just amplifies it. Uh, which brings me to another thing. Sorry, I don't mean to no. shift gears, but uh, I think I think more people need to be comfortable adding water to their whiskey. Oh. that's that's been such a such a battle. Yeah, like everyone thinks sure. it's everyone thinks it's not. Manly to, uh, you know what I mean? Like the bitches. Yeah, it's it, I like I I'm, I'm I have to tell people. So no, no, it's seriously like it can actually make your whiskey more powerful by adding water to it. Come please.
1: Yeah. That is absolutely magnificent. Mm. That is so tasty, even without water. I that's cr- so, so I can nice. cry into it if you want to get some <laughs> some salty salty saline. But um, one thing that I like to say in my, my tastings is that you know I think. We talk a lot about, you know, oxygen, like a lot of people say like, oh, oxygen to wine, it opens it up and whatever. I use that as a comparison often. And then if that doesn't work, then sometimes I'll just even talk about, you know, if if you if it hasn't rained for a while and you go out in your garden just after it's rained and, and everything comes alive, wrong, even the color, even the color of your garden looks brighter with the yeah. water. it's the same thing with whiskey like even if it's just a couple of drops it will change so drastically um and it's amazing i love that in a tasting when someone says that they're not very into something they're not into whiskey or you know they're like oh i hate whiskey and they try it and they're like nah it's just it's too much for me and then they add a couple of drops of water and the best thing in the world is when someone says do you know what that's not bad and it's like Oh, okay. So you've arrived. You know, welcome to yeah. the welcome to the club. When Pull I up was, a chair.
6: When when I uh, came onto the beer cellar, uh, Dave, the owner, asked me like, you know, we're gonna be doing pours because they're on premise, off premise. So, uh, you know, we're gonna be doing pours. What's you know, what's the first thing we should we should have behind the bar? I said, well, eyedroppers, eyedroppers in small glasses for water. After that, we can worry about the whiskey. Like. Um, and people are loving it. I mean, people appreciate that. They appreciate being able to come in and just sit down, explore, take their time with the whiskey. Um, and, yeah, it's, it, I just I can't stress the importance of that enough.
3: One of the best things that our lessons are and tastings and things that I learned when I was you know, two is just, like, talking about whiskey really? with a group and, and a staff and, and what's the right way to drink whiskey, and it's however you want to Right at the end of the day. Absolutely. Again, Absolutely. If, if you ask my opinion on how would I drink a thirty year old Scotch? Should I mix it with Diet Coke? I would I would say t- I wouldn't. <laughs> <Right>. No. <laughs> Here here's, here's Makes the me it. one glass. <laughs> but if you're here's buying Coke, it another glass. If you're paying yeah. your money Yeah, yeah, very true. You drink it however the fuck you want. Right? Well and in- it like there is there is no I don't like doesn't matter to me. Even if somebody orders one of our uh single casts from Glenn Farkless and then they want and they want it entirely on the rocks, drink it on the rocks. I don't whatever if it's going to get you into something mm. new or 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 enjoying something more than you previously thought regardless i'm not going to and that's also it's not my job as a bartender uh, to do right. that uh, because that that doesn't that's the the like it's it's not it's not all inclusive one that that's me talking down to somebody that's me telling them yeah. they shouldn't drink right. that whiskey yeah. like and that and it it's creates like, another barrier
6: exactly. it just Which creates that is not.
3: great point great point if you, if you ask my opinion or or whatever then I'll I'll let you know what
2: I <laughs> this is how I would drink it Yeah. So like I, how would you drink it Bob? how would you
1: one one time I one time in in the Dominican I saw a baseball player called Juan Uribe he was a retired oh baseball yeah, player oh yeah I know Juan Uribe so Sox, I met him real yeah. Series. yeah yeah I met him and he was a humongous <laughs> human being massive man Massive man. And um, he was at a nightclub in a place called San Cristobal, which is just St. Christopher. love that. And we were, we were doing this event, and um, this guy is talking about how much he really appreciates whiskey, and like how much he loves whiskey. And he bought two bottles at nightclub prices of Chivas Regal Twenty Five Year Old, which is four hundred dollars a bottle normally. Now at nightclub prices, you're talking about $1,600, sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred, probably eighteen, nineteen, two thousand dollars a bottle, right? And um, <laughs> I'm sitting at the table with him because he, you know, he was like, "Oh, you're the Chivas Regal brand asking, I want to chat to you." And I was like, "Yeah, great." And he was like, oh, "I love this whiskey, blah blah blah." And so the two bottles come to the table, and they're accompanied by. <laughs> these massive vials of um, different juices, you know, cranberry juice, apple juice, uh, pineapple juice, um, uh, chinola, which is um, anyway, I can't remember, and passion fruit. There you go, I nailed it. And, um, <laughs> and and he proceeds to just make himself a cocktail of all these juices. Now, the guy that I was with, the guy that was the sales, the the business development guy, he was like, do you want to just tell him to drink this neat or whatever? Like, he's destroying this whiskey. And I was like, and I looked at him and I was like, mate, this guy's just spent $4,000 on two bottles of our whiskey. He can drink it however the fuck don't he wants. He do wants. not open your damn mouth. And if he if he offers you some of that, you'll drink it and you'll like it. You know? like I don't care. I don't care if he's drinking it. So... You know, that, and that was that was one of my first experiences in in the DR and it was in that moment I was just like, Do you know what? Like, I don't really care. Like, if if someone wants to drink it like that if someone wants to drink it like that, I don't care. That's not how I would do it, but if someone wants to do that, be my guest. Yeah, Welcome enjoy. to the
7: island, right? right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so that actually raises that's a great story, thank you for sharing. Uh, it, it does raise an interesting point though. So we are talking about again back to the Rye piece about cocktails. Is there a threshold at which you just become uncomfortable using a specific spirit in a cocktail. Mm. And think about what you were saying about the notion of dilution and how people are uncomfortable with that. They might not want to put water in their whiskey, but they might feel comfortable ordering it in an old fashioned. So why is that that much different? Is it because they're not diluting it, be rather fortifying it? Or what, what What creates that differentiation of acceptance? Right. And why do different spirits then also have that Different level of acceptance. We don't really hear people talk about, well, yeah, this akvits. I'm going to water that down, uh, but bourbon, and then um, or certain things that you lose, whether it's absinthe or ouzo, or what have you. Um, why is there that piece with brown spirits? It seems more often than not. Well, I,
6: I think it's remnants from the old guard. Oh, I, I yeah. think. I
7: mean, mm. definitely. Like it's it's
6: just been such a such a masculine drink for so long. Yeah. I just think that. You know, and a lot of stuff is changing and dying out. I think that's that's one of the things that's lingering more than you know.
7: Is it a specifically a masculine thing, or is it a certain cultural thing? Because Uribe, for instance, put juice. juice. If you were to suggest not only putting water, but literally just juice into yeah. a thousand-dollar bottle of bottle of liquor, I, that uh, one could one could argue that that's a, that's pretty much a power play right there. I
6: I'd argue that. Uh, people would be more comfortable adding juice to it than water. Why? I don't know. That's that's where I'm at. I I, I personally think it's the old guard mentality, I, and I don't I don't know how juice is different, but I think that water there's a stigma there. Well, and I, I don't know where it comes from. Well, but as I'm somebody who does like water, they don't, I support they that notion. Yeah, you don't. It's true. But I
7: do I do appreciate the way in which the flavors can be opened. So I, in the context of of, of whiskey, I will, I'll back you on that. Well, yeah, I think what sure. Cal and I are and talking... It's a, it's a very valid point.
2: Cal and I were talking last night about linguistics and how um, certain accents are developed by the people who are around you. In America, we don't add water to our bourbons and our rye, but we've been taught somewhere along the way to add, s- add water to our scotches, and that continues there, even though a water can open up. And then, like, you take my brand, for example, you can put a water inside of our single malt and open it up, especially with Nova, where it's 100% single malt, because it's made and produced the same style, what happens in Scotland and kind of in Ireland, but it's just only made with different ingredients and it's aged
7: differently. But Does it can it still open up that way. Does it maybe have something to do with cocktails in that bourbon would frequently be used in things like old fashions, which so by virtue of ice will dilute? R- right. I mean, so the old fashioned is one of the most manly drinks. So, fuck fuck yeah. Yeah. In quotations. I think,
1: yeah, I think, that, I think that one of the things that I think we're looking at this argument from a a, a professional perspective mm. i think at the end of the d- like and this is something that i think often blinds me and i'm trying my best to get better at it is to put myself in and not just our cons not Aberlour's consumer shoes are not not Union Horses consumer shoes because these people are they're like their bourbon or they like their Scotch. But putting myself in in Joe Bloggs, the guy that turns up to the bar and he doesn't give a shit about what's what's going on as long as it tastes good, whatever. Right. But I think the thing with Scotch, with bourbon, with rye, that it was never really I mean, it was about flavor, but it, was, it wasn't it was as much about flavor as other things were. It wasn't m- as much about flavor as like a Sex on the Beach or a Cosmopolitan was, which was super sweet. I think more of it, a lot of it, and this was the reason that Juan Uribe could buy two bottles of it. A lot of it was just about having the affluence to do so. And, and him, and him, and him, because the bottles turned up when, it tw- two 25-year-old bottles of scotches turned up with like firecrackers on them. And the ladies turned up, and they were in, they were in bikinis, and they were dancing. Were you in yes. bikinis? I yes. wasn't in a bikini, unfortunately. No. Juan Uribe and I were just in suits, of course. But um, like we are now. Uh, yes, of course, like we are now. We're suited up now. We we changed between the Instagram live going off, <laughs> um, but. And I think that we I definitely have a tendency to do that. I have a tendency to look at it like from a flavor perspective mm. and from like a uh, and I always do the, the okay, what's the what's the mash bill and all this kind of perspective. Whereas I think a lot of it comes from what is the culture around what I'm doing, you know? And I think Scotch has definitely had um that that idea that once you once you can buy a bottle of Scotch, then it's not just you're not just drinking scotch, you know what I mean? It's it's the it's the scatch and the racks it's, thing, like it's right, the so Mad it's, men thing. It's, it's, it's so right. a status symbol. Yes, and it's, funnily it's, enough, when you when you started talking about beer earlier on and beer's kind of introduction to the world of, you know, starting to get start, you know, once beer gets a little bit more complicated and or not even complicated, but once people get more educated about it and they get into different types of beer, we might be able to move them into whiskey. It's definitely something that resonated with me because back going back to the DR people had a ladder there's a ladder in the DR of how people drink their spirits okay they they'll start off with the cheap beer the local beers called presidente mm. and and presidente, and a great yeah. beer really really good beer and they'll start so off with icebergs, that and ice, then icebergs all and, right. day <laughs> right and then they'll go and then they'll go up to like tre- cheaper rum like a Brugal or, or like yeah, a yeah. Ron Barcelo yeah. and And then after that, after that, you're going into after that they'll maybe go into another kind of higher end rum like a Zacapa or something like that, which are all rums that we all know of, but you know we wouldn't really consider. And then once once they get to like 35 and they're making some money and they have their own house and stuff, that's when they'll start drinking scotch. And it's not because of the way, it's not because they like the flavor, it's because they can buy it now. It's because they can finally do it. And in the dr, for example, people spend two-week salary on buying a bottle of scotch at a nightclub not because of not because of how it tastes or because everyone is going to like it but because of the status that it brings you know and I think that I think that that's something that whether that comes from the old guard I don't know I don't know if that's going to continue because I definitely meet people now that think of scotch in that way but I think that that's something that we have a job to do as educators to say listen it doesn't really matter like if if a bottle of if a bottle of Dalmore forty five year old that just won ninety nine points at the I W S C, uh, and it's twelve and a half thousand dollars a bottle, mm. if that tastes if you the don't Dalmore like that as, you don't thing. like that as much as you like a written house rye or a or an Aberlour sixteen or. Whatever whatever we've been tasting tonight, that's that's fine. You don't you don't need to pretend that these expensive stuffs are great. Like just because Ferrari makes the most expensive car doesn't mean you're going to like driving it the most. You can't even get your golf clubs in the back, you know. So,
2: no, I mean like it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the podcast is that we have um, we've grown up. We aren't going and reaching for that Jameson, that Jack Daniels right away. I drank Jameson Black Barrel, so a little more prestige. Sophistication. <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, it was $38.99. But um, it goes to show you that you grow. Uh, you, you will probably go, grow in taste as you grow in age. But you also don't see the ambassadors out there, which you saw 10 years ago, in every aisle. Well, not now in, in this COVID world of ours, but pre-COVID where every weekend, you walk in the Benny's, every hour of your Saturday, there's someone in that whiskey aisle tasting whiskey. And it could be a craft brand. It could be uh a legacy brand, whatever it may be, it's somebody different to try to get you to get that liquid lips. Who are you waving at? Oh, there we go. Hey, Chris. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a lot of the education. And we come back to that every single time about how there's more education out there, not just from our point of view as a brand ambassador, but also as buyers and distributors and people who own, own bars and liquor stores.
1: Prime Minister Tony Blair in the so UK. Hot right now. Um hot back Back in, back in 2005, four thousand and five they asked him what his three keys were for for making the labor government successful in the united kingdom and he said education 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 and i come back to that all the time because i'm like there's a lot of truth in that you know i think i think people like us like brand ambassadors or even liquor store owners or bar owners or whatever it is people forget that yes while we are there ultimately to sell more product i i personally pride myself on the number one thing being i'm here as an educator full-time like I, I believe that that's that's something that will eventually whether it, it might not sell whiskey right now today with someone but i believe that five yeah. years five years down the line if someone if someone finds a passion for it then it'll play dividends and and
2: after a tasting after an event after a night hanging out of the bar the one thing you remember the most that longest conversation you had yeah and i think it's a good place to stop guys yeah. education yeah. um, um yeah <laughs> we're approaching two hours uh yeah uh but it's been a great night and we can also go over and uh kind of heckle chris as he does sunday night fights over whistle pig piggyback and knob creek uh rye, creek rye. yeah it's six year old rye is that what you said we didn't know that? uh the no, knobs no, knobs no age no yeah yeah uh piggyback Whistlepig. at six years that's what yes. yeah, yep. yeah yeah um well Hey, it's been uh, a great 100 episodes for everyone who's helped reco- help us record, um, listen, and then provide great
7: information and a space to actually record, Bob. Uh, thank you. feel very grateful to be a part of it. Thank you for incorporating me into the experience and look forward I to seeing what uh, all these conversations yield in the sessions to come.
2: I hope so. I mean, I think that we're doing... not i don't think wilson and i do anything special here i think we're providing special conversation from special people um which helps grow the community in chicago when it comes to spirits and beer and anything in the industry related in uh, in whiskey uh i think it's uh it's been fun
0: it has been phenomenal it's been more than i thought it would be because like i said i just show up so mm. you know but when i show up and i get to meet some people i'm like Fuck me, man! I, you know, I've been trying to get into seeing you for forever, and then here you are. You're willing to talk, right? You know, freely, and I just I think that's opened up um, amazing avenues for us to develop um, friendships, uh, community that obviously mm. in our industry is huge. Uh, I come from a background of community, so it even plays even more dealer, deal, uh, dearer, dearly, 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 yeah. and deeper for me. Um, about to do with you jacob um if i could just profess jacob to me is um my best friend jacob to me is um one of those teachers that i've i've, I've learned from from day one and um one that i'm if i don't if i don't know he's well i'm not well in a <laughs> sense so you know it's it's a, it's just a privilege this is an honor this is i do it for my friendship with you I do it for the friendships we've developed right. and I do it for the friendships that we've been able to help connect, um, here to, uh, within these last 99 and on this 100th episode. So to you, I love you. I thank you. Um, and I can't, I, I can't express that, that more than that. And um, everyone that's been a part of the ride and the people that we've, um, enjoyed along the way.
2: Well, thank you. I think, uh, also to the people that have reached out to be on our podcast, um, over the internet through other outlets, not in person. It's not that we don't want to h- talk to you. It's but this whole podcast is about uh, fostering conversation yep. and developing that relationship across from one another. It's not about having voices um, conflicting over Wi-Fi. It's about I, uh, seeing each other in person, having yeah. a glass together. Which, as Ian said earlier, whiskey should bring everybody together. That was our whole intent behind this whole podcast, at least my intent. I said, hey, Wilson, we're recording a podcast next Friday. at will be there. That was a year and a half ago, 99 episodes ago, and now we're here after 100 um, with the uh, much-needed um, help of Callum O'Donnell. Thank you. Um, Bob, thank you for the summer. It's been great.
3: It's been awesome. I was certain that after the first time you guys invited me, I would never See be asked. Bye. I would never be asked <laughs> to come back again. I was, I was, I was a hundred percent certain on that. So it's been great to hang out with you guys, and really, yeah. you guys do a great thing for uh, the Chicago community. And it's been awesome to have different people on and and to get different perspectives uh, from other people in different lines of of this industry and how we can all still manage this thing together. Right. Um, it won't um, stop. It's we'll, been great. It won't stop at the guys. Thank you, Um, you guys.
2: Samu and Ian, thanks for joining us tonight. Samu, thanks for all the past conversations. We'll be having much, much more, I feel like. And... uh we always need the education, of beer, and travels, and audio, and and diction, <laughs> diction, my yes. sure addiction. elocution, and my also my hair will be growing <laughs> out as long see as yours soon, oh, so I'll need it. the braided uh, technology so, so soon. Soon, soon. <laughs> soon. <laughs> it's getting there, <laughs> <laughs> it's getting there. Um, but uh, thanks to anybody who's ever listened to like one minute of the conversations Give we've had over Give the last that. year and a half, yeah. it's it's uh, appreciate that when you look at, I don't look at our downloads that much, but when you see like a little spike and increase that like Calum was looking at last night, and he's like, hey, this. Got a lot of uh, engaging interaction uh, positivity rates going on here. And I'm like, <laughs> sounds good, bubby. Uh, but it's, uh, it's been a blast. I mean, all we want to do is tell the stories. We want to tell more stories, too. Hopefully, as um, travel bands and we figured out our world together here, and make safe, make a safe world. Fingers crossed that um, we can do it. Keep doing it in person because uh, we feel like we just have more of those engaging conversations when we're across from one another, enjoying a dram, enjoying uh, each other when it comes to uh, seeing each other's faces and hearing each other's voices. I
4: agree.
2: All right. Well, cheers, guys. Uh, thanks for 100, and we'll hope we'll see you at uh, 101 if we don't cancel the podcast before then. Cheers, about <laughs> Cheers, guys. Hey yo.